0: Welcome back to HRN on Tour at Charleston Wine and Food 2022. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Dylan Hoyer. Hey, Dylan. Hello. We are almost at the end of our three-day live broadcast coming from Charleston. And I want to say a quick thanks to our wonderful friends at Hickory Nut Gap for supporting our broadcast. They are the builders of community agriculture since 1916. Thanks for making this episode possible. We have with us the most special guest of this festival, Executive Director of Charleston Wine and Food, Jillian Zettler. Welcome, Jillian. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having us back this year. It has been an amazing amazing experience and we have only seen the tip of the iceberg of everything that's been happening with this festival weekend
1: it's a nice tip of the iceberg though that you've been like hanging out on yeah it's
0: nice to talk about icebergs right now too because it's like beautiful sunny 80 (laughs) degrees right now charleston
1: march man it'll just like you get a little winter you get a little summer but we've been smooth sailing in summer the past week
0: yes So um, last I saw you was last night. You were up on the stage at the Tank and the Bangas and St. Paul and the Broken Bones show. You were welcoming everybody to Charleston. What were you feeling in that moment looking out at the sea of beautiful people?
1: You know, I've been thinking about like what this festival means to me. People are like, what does it feel like to be back? All of that. and. It's hard to talk about it and not be emotional because there are so many people here that I'm legitimately looking at and going, I haven't seen you in two years. It's been two years. I mean, and even our conversations, you know, I remember talking about that. We're hoping that that would happen. And it was all in tiny squares and over Zoom and all of that. So just to feel the sense of community again and to see people so excited to be able to connect in person, it's just like there was a minute there where we all weren't quite sure if we would be in spaces like this again you know That's
0: right and the motto of the festival this year is 2022 together yes. how are you incorporating that into every part of this event
1: you know i think that um it started with like a brainstorm as a team of like how we wanted people to feel and what we felt like You know like people needed when the festival came back and that word of togetherness and connectivity human connection were the things that like easily rose to the top and you know it's funny like we were all so on the same page about what we wanted people to feel and it really just kind of swelled through there with the creative campaign and the programming this year was completely top to bottom really designed by the people who are actually like out in front of you which is you know it's like what do they want to do what do they want to be what do they want to be a part of and the festival team is really just the facilitators of getting the stuff in the space for them to do what they do best
0: And we are obviously at a new location this year, and we're at Riverfront Park. It's so beautiful. As you can imagine from the name, we're on the water. There's a beautiful breeze coming at us right now. Um, This is a really significant move from being in downtown Charleston at Marion Square. And we've heard some really lovely feedback from people we've been talking to this weekend about how amazing it is to have this event up here in North Charleston and really bring some traffic and attention up to this area. How has it been for you? um, And what does it mean to you to be up here? Well,
1: aside from the fact that you almost have a 360 panorama of water, which is, is amazing. You know, I feel like we, for a very long time, we were getting very comfortable, all of us, the collective us, of going like, us, them, me, you, right? Like that sort of thing. And so the idea that the heart and soul of the festival, this like culinary village that's being built, this this town, so to speak, that's built for five days, that it really is bridging a space between North Charleston and Charleston, that we're able to offer some more accessibility with free programming outside of this space. I mean, it just feels super, super joyful. Like I look around and I just feel like I'm entrenched in so much gratitude.
0: We're, we're almost at the finale, Yes, which is wild. This has flown by and I can't even imagine what it's like for you. How many events were part of the festival? I want to say just about 120
1: over 5 days and this is really one event of that 120
0: that just boggles my mind. Yes. Um, How many do you we want to talk about? High. Yeah, like what is that <laughs> oh, like for you as you're running around, you're trying to check in, you're saying hi, you're taking this all in. Um, were there any highlights or really particularly joyful moments for you? Any delicious bites that you want to tell us about?
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, so many, so many things. I See, I have a tendency oftentimes to be at an event before it starts. Like the team often is there before to make sure it's ready to go. But, I mean, so many things. I mean, Dr. Carrie Coley opening up, you know, our Flow and Glow 2.0 with, you know, like this beautiful circle and talking about, you know, the Gullah Geechee culture and what it means, like, for togetherness and being in the same space and sharing energy. Um, I mean, this morning at the Gospel Brunch and uh, Reverend Demet Jenkins of the International African American Museum with the most beautiful words of, you know, like how we got here and why we're here, and paying attention to where we've come from and our ancestors, and um, injecting meaning into the things that we do. I, I mean, I, there's a there's a million things. Looking out, even at the at the concerts between Tank and Lake Street and St. Paul, and just seeing people just like in love with live music, you know, which is in to me, it's there's an inexplicable link between live music and food and drink, and I don't know, my cup is so full.
0: Can you talk more about that link and about these three acts specifically that were sort of the opening headliners for music, big music shows like this at Charleston Wine and Food?
1: I mean, I love music that makes you feel something from the inside out, and we wanted diversity in the programming. I want to give a shout-out to Nisi Blues. You know, she's um, local to Charleston, and that was super important for us, too, that there was a localized element. But, I mean, just like... the connectivity and the the joy and, you know, people in celebration. It just, it's wild. It's wild. I, I get at this point in the weekend, I oftentimes am at a loss for words. And every year I'm like, this is my favorite festival. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, this is the most proud I've ever been of anything that we've ever produced in the almost 10 years that I've been in
0: Charleston. And tell us about bringing in the food trucks as well and that element of featuring community members.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, like this food truck it's often are like the incubator before the brick and mortar. There's such a family owned element oftentimes to the way that that service is done. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to my girl, Jenna Kepley, who manages all of our chef talent with the festival and really just trying to give a hyper localized element to the festival and also, you know, get money back in the hands of, of chefs running concessions inside nightcap and outside in the pavilion. So, you know, our, our motto as a team was to try to ask for less from our hospitality community and give more. And, you know, there's always ways to improve. But I feel really, really proud of a lot of the, the tweaks that we made.
0: What, what would you say to past Jillian five days ago right now? What, past Jillian? five Jillian days? from five days ago. Oh,
1: goodness. Uh, you got this. You got this. That's what I would have said to her, but I kind of knew that already. So that maybe that's not fair. I mean, it's just there's so much more space. And with all uh, with the state of the world, there were so many more logistical layers to the onion this year. And my team, you know, it, it, there's a lot of people that make this event possible. But our core team is only is only nine individuals, ten individuals. Um, and then there's amazing contract, work, you know, folks and volunteers and temp staff and all of those things. But it's millions and millions of little data points that make it all happen. And. They just work so
0: hard. It's it's wild. Um, so you are very good at motivating others. <laughs> you also are pretty good at motivating yourself. I'm looking at your sneakers. Like, tell us about what you're wearing. Oh, that's really sweet. Um, I have on a white jumpsuit. I feel very E! News right now.
1: I, <laughs> um, I have on a white jumpsuit, but actually the sneakers, This is there's a funny story behind these sneakers. So I'm wearing a pair of Stan Smiths that are probably, like, eight, nine years old at this point. And um, my former marketing and communications director, Laura Kate Whitney, who actually is moonlighting as a boomerang babe in my, she's leading guest services in the
0: front. We have got to stop by and say hi to her. You do.
1: So she's up front and she's been doing it all week. But Laura Kate and I went to an amazing conference. It was a Fast Company Innovation Festival. Uh, with Steve Palmer, actually, oh, I got him to our go. Next guest. Yes, so and we um, we got to do this really cool workshop where an artist with Adidas gave you a blueprint and you got to design your shoes. And so I have my children, my three children's initials up on the top, and the other foot says, um, "Be in fearless pursuit of that of of those things that set your soul on fire."
0: And you are. Um you have you have a side hustle you motivate people (laughs) you're a spin instructor i I, talk about uh, that and how has that helped you get through this recent time of getting ready for the festival and how do you kind of connect with people in that space and then um, how does that cross over into your festival life
1: So I I teach at a local uh, spin studio called The Work Cycle. I fell in love with a bike um, probably nine years ago. I lost a child right before I moved to Charleston. I was about seven and a half months pregnant and um, pregnant when I was interviewing, was in the hospital and was supposed to be moving to Charleston pregnant and um, we lost the baby and we moved and I started the job two weeks after. I say all of that because I was really, really unhappy with myself and, um, really mad at my body and really felt like out of sorts as a leader at that point and had a new team here that I was trying to figure out. And I mean, a lot of people obviously asking a a lot and expecting a lot of me when we moved. And it was, it was a spin studio locally walking into it. And, um, a woman who is now one of my very best friends and mentors, shout out to Katie Penta. Um, it just the the bike was became my therapy and my church, and um, it made me, you know, be able to redirect some of that energy that was really angry at my body failing me. And through that, I feel like it, it makes me a better leader. And quite frankly, like. Over the past decade, I feel like there's been a lot of percolation. I know, you know, Mickey Bax and Steve with Ben's friends, and there's a conversation about wellness in the industry, period, and we've infused wellness programming into the festival, and I know some people didn't get that at first, but there are so many intersections with food. It's food to music. It's food to fitness. It's, you know, fueling your body. It's fine dining it's casual bites it's coffee in the morning like there's so many ways that we connect to food and beverage and um the the fitness the fueling of my body with food and you know the medicinal thing of being physical it just i feel like it makes me a better leader and i try to encourage my team to always take time for whatever that means to them a walk on the beach a walk around hampton park um maybe maybe a bike you know
0: How else have you seen Charleston change in the last decade, and how has the festival changed along with the city and its food scene?
1: You know, I remember someone asking when I started, like, where do you see the festival in 10 years? And there were, like, little things that I kind of had in my mind that, like, it would be cool to do this or it would be cool to do that, but... From a visioning standpoint, I mean, I feel like if you get too dead set in what you think 10 years away will be, then you can't be flexible to whatever the environment is going to throw you. And I think one of the reasons that we are here and we're healthy right now, post-pandemic is, or post-pandemic, we're still, whatever, whatever this is right now, is the fact that we were, we had the willingness to be flexible, like that agility piece. Uh, Like, who do we need to be right now and how do we need to serve the industry in the way that it is? I mean, I don't, I I think what I've seen in Charleston changed. I mean, there's like neighborhoods with food identities. Our office is sitting in a place that literally had no restaurants when I moved here. And now we're like spitting distance from Hurriali and Berkeley's on the corner and Park and Grove down the street. And I mean, it's it's wild. It's wild how much has happened in almost 10 years.
0: You wanna give some shout outs to North Charleston as well, which is getting extra love this year with the festival moved up here.
1: They are, they are. Stems and Skins, Matt Tunstall, like he opened up the gates here with us with a beautiful sabering, his new restaurant, Three Sirens. I mean, they're adding this pedestrian bridge into Park Circle from where we're at. So I would venture to guess that by 2023, you'll be able to actually walk from Park Circle directly into Riverfront Park.
0: Cool. Right? So that's that's magic. I didn't know about that.
1: Yeah. and, And really like kudos also to the city of North Charleston for protecting green space like, we have over eight acres here that we get to be in, and I know that there there is a deep sense of pride in protecting that space to do things like this, and that takes vision, you know? It's um, sometimes, you know, you, with growth, you also you want to be protective of what's around you, and I'm just so glad we have eight acres and a beautiful coastline to sit here and, and chat together this way.
0: Yeah, and just the mindset of coming in here every morning and walking through the trees draped in Spanish moss and walking through the azaleas and just it's wild. puts you in a space of feeling just so like ready to, to take this on but like grounded in nature.
1: Yeah, when the night before the park was opening, we were out here and it was like, I don't know, it was like midnight and our whole team was picking things up and moving around and all of a sudden like I think it was Maddie on my team goes oh my god look at the stars and I'm a big Coldplay fan you know so I'm just like it's like yeah look at the stars look how they're shining exactly for us in this moment it's amazing yeah.
0: Um, so we talked um one or two of our last interviews over Zoom. Yes. um, You know, we talked about what was happening and what was different and what was not happening during COVID. And obviously the hospitality industry has been battered every kind of possible way that it can batter. And we talked a little bit during those chats about kind of grief in that process. Um, But can you maybe tell us a little bit about like in 2021, when there there would have been a festival what was happening with you know sort of processing the, the the grieving part of like what was going on with COVID and what was going on in the restaurant industry um and and obviously we come back out now and we have this festival and everybody's filled with joy but that was a hard time
1: it was a really hard time you know and it's it feels um It feels a little weird to even be trying to talk about, you know, the largest piece of our mission, which is the festival amidst all of that. So it was this like bizarre, like, I don't know, seesawing of like, hey, we're going to be here. We're going to be healthy. But guess what? It has nothing to do with us right now, because if the folks around us, you know, if the restaurant community isn't able to thrive, then we... our reason for being it has evaporated so you know i think that we try to do a lot of listening and a lot of watching about how people were doing their own pivoting um and then obviously kind of using our closest relationships to tell us like you know what it's like it's okay for you to start thinking and planning it's okay for you to reach out and start to think about like what things might look like down the line because we were definitely um we were like dancing in place for a bit, but also trying to use the platform that we've built to be able to encourage people to support the restaurant community in the way that they that they can. I know like people they're doing are doing so right happy. now. I know <laughs> there's hands in the air.
0: Uh, I, I think they're cheering for roasted oysters.
1: I mean, who doesn't
0: cheer for roasted oysters? <laughs> right? So after you take a big sleep, what's um, What's next?
1: What's next? I mean, I think that there's just such a beautiful place to build upon from where we're at. And I feel like the festival, like we talked about, you know, a few years ago, being a little bit of an awkward teenager. And I feel like, you know, if we we kind of grow in dog years, I feel like we're hitting our stride in our 20s. Like, we're not yet 20, but I feel like it's like I'm feeling myself. You know, we got like a little Beyonce thing going on, um, which makes me... Really, really excited for what's to come.
0: If you could time capsule something from this festival to look back on in five years, what what would you bottle up right now?
1: Ooh, you're trying to get me so deep in perspective, Katie. From five years ago. I'm trying to think of what was going on five years now, ago. From,
0: from today to five years in the future. Oh, to five years in the future. What do you want to future? bottle for the future?
1: I mean, like, just the importance of being, pre- like, of being present. I mean, it's an easy thing to say and it's a really hard thing to do, but, you know, you can get really caught up in like, well, what will happen with this or what will happen with that? And I think the fact of the matter is, like, if you put the roots of your tree, like, way down deep into the earth and you think about, like, this is where I'm at now, this is what I can be joyful and gracious about. Um, and and this is what I can celebrate about. Then with that strong foundation, then you can look ahead and you can figure out the, the things that you want to do and be. And that we we need to keep big ears. You know, the festival always needs to continue to listen with big ears to what people need, because even in the the can I swear? Am I allowed to course, swear? Yeah. All right. Even in the <laughs> shittiest bits of feedback that we get, like I've had some amazing mentors here in Charleston that's like there's always a a shred of something to take away and we've obviously received our fair share of criticism but to me it's like just excavate the most truthful parts of that criticism to be able to continue to evolve and grow and do better.
0: Well, Jillian, in this really brief sit down together, you've taken us through joy and tears (laughs) and now this like incredible power. And thank you so much for sharing that. It is always a privilege to speak with you. Likewise. Thanks for coming on. It's so nice to like see you in the flesh. I know. Isn't this better than doing it on the computer? It I'm so so glad we can interview whenever now and just be like, (laughs) hey, hop on. But this is, so different, this tangible experience. So, thank you Absolutely. for being here with us. Thank you for having thank us here. Thank you for having me, and congratulations always you on an incredible festival. Thanks, Katie. We love you. Oh, I love you too. Well, that almost brings us to the end of our coverage of Charleston Wine and Food. We have one more interview after this. Thank you for tuning in. We are live from Charleston Wine and Food 2022. Special thanks to Hickory Nut Gap for making our coverage possible. And huge thanks to the festival for having us back in the Culinary Village for the sixth time. Sixth time. You can listen to all of our po- coverage on our podcast, Heritage Radio Network on Tour. Find it on heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.